We back. We're going to talk about game design again. We've already previously discussed it once, but I feel like there is a lot more to get into. Hush, dog. Anyway, yeah, a yeah. lot to be had. Yep. And yes, gentlemen, we still haven't removed the stick up his ass. No, no, we haven't. I'm still salty. I mean, granted, I did at the time of our initial recording, which those of you listening, if you haven't had your fucking eardrums blown out by the he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's causing the E. It's like every time we start his recording, he feels the need to shove a stick up his ass. Well, I feel like I had one up it uh, pretty pretty deeply during the first the first uh, recording on on game design because yeah, I mean I had a lot of fucking criticisms of Red Dead. I don't want to obviously dwell on that. This is a new day, but and I hadn't beaten the game yet, and obviously now I have I, I have now. And I still stand by almost every single thing that I said. It's just that, obviously, having the full story, having experienced the full story, I'm, more, I'm much more uh, forgiving of its flaws. But I mean, they're still fucking very much there, and I still very much stand by them. But I don't want to. I don't want to dwell. This isn't about that. This hopefully is a much more optimistic. Um, and I'm gonna try view, and I'm gonna try to not suck Breath of the Wild's dick too hard. Yeah. It's still recovering, gentlemen. Like it's yeah. still pre-red. It's pre-raw. It's tender. It's tender for sure. <laughs> Nintendo is considering to put a restraining order on uh, Mitch. Yeah, they're gonna have to get one of those fucking uh, what's those dick clamps? Yep. Those cages. Yeah, I can't keep myself away. It's too <laughs> <laughs> too cock hungry for that thing. Anyway, um, yeah. So Resident Evil Two, you have been. Re I have not played it yet. The the remake, obviously. Yes. yes. You've played it extensively. Oh yeah, I have at least played all four campaigns at least once. Uh, Resident Evil Two has always been one of my favorite games, uh, just in general, like the, from the series itself and just as a game. And yeah. just replaying the new one, just kind of reminds me of something that we're sorely missing nowadays and a lot of these newer horror games like when you play a, something like outlast or i mean this game isn't popular anymore as it used to be but like amnesia there are all these linear horror experiences that try to push you like one certain one direction and are always trying to get you to experience a story like a, like a roller coaster but what was so great about Resident Evil 2 and this goes back to like a lot of old school horror games is that they would always set you in a map that it wasn't too big it wasn't like an open world map but it was just the map of a building and you had to familiar familiarize yourself with the layout of the building enemy placements item placements and you just had to pick your battles you had to, every time, whenever you play that game, you had to choose what was the best route to get to where you need to be. And it usually meant the one that avoided the most combat. Or at least the ones where you can easily avoid enemies. And I just love that design. I miss that. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely don't see it very often nowadays. No, you don't. You know, and I think because 
the problem kind of like stemmed with Resident Evil 4. I love that game. Like, look, I've always loved that game as a pure action game. Like, it definitely had its art elements, but like that's where the horror genre had its fundamental change from what it used to be. Because a lot of the old school games borrowed and copied the design that was kind of like placed, not even from Resident Evil, but even games before that. Stuff like uh, Alone in the Dark, the original Clock Tower on Super Nintendo, and like the original Sweet Home game, which Resident Evil was uh, meant to be a remake of. You know, as soon as Resident Evil 4 came around, the focus became... Well, for a while, the focus just became turning horror games into action shooters, like your Dead Space, your Resident Evil 5 and 6. And they kind of they kind of went away from that old design of just trying to get players to familiarize themselves with the environment. And it became less about telling the story of a, a specific location and more about telling one bigger, grander story that involved its characters and what they're going through more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's Resident Evil 4 sort of is notorious for having reinvented. It's reinventing the series, but also kind of killed survival horror at the same time. Yeah, uh, because if you like look at Gears of War, like the people who met behind that game will tell you that they were inspired by the camera controls of Resident Evil 4 because Resident Evil 4 was just it was a revolution for its time in game design. I think nowadays when you go back to it, you know, obviously you're going to have some nitpicks with it because it is still an old game, but for that time, like the over the per, over the shoulder third person camera angles and shooting, that was still new. We hadn't seen anything like that before. And then afterwards, Gears of War came around and just took it to the next level with with cover based shooting. And from then on, like we just had a generation trying to copy and emulate uh, Gears of War, which copied and emulated from Resident Evil Four. Going so far as coming full circle with Resident Evil 5 and 6, pretty much copying the third person shooting from Gears of War. And when when the series kind of like just drifted away from its horror elements, it kind of like left a very huge vacuum in the gaming sphere where no one was making horror games anymore. At least not on a triple-A level. They were too busy trying to IRB the next Call of Duty or Halo or Gears of War. That no one tried to make a horror game anymore. For a time, they even convinced themselves. And I'm pretty sure you can go back now and find articles about how these big publishers would say horror games were just not profitable anymore. That's why something like Dead Space which started so strong with the first game, eventually just downgraded itself to being a another one of these third-person co-op shooters with Gears of War 3. 
And that's why a lot of people kind of like went to the indie scene to find horror because that's where horror went for a while. You know, games like uh, Amnesia really brought horror back to the forefront. But even then, the the way it the its approach to horror was also very different. It's it wasn't anything like how the old school games were. Old school survival horror games like Silent Hill and Resident Evil always try to focus at least on giving the players a little bit of self-defense. Resident Evil more so with guns than, than Silent Hill, but even Silent Hill allows you to have multiple melee weapons to defend yourself with. Uh, Amnesia just went full-on no, there's no fine, all you can do is run and, and hide from the danger. Which sure is scary, but you know, it's not the same kind of horror as you'd find in the old games. Like Silent Tale would fuck with your mind. That's the kind of horror it tried to emulate. And Amnesia and Outlast and those uh, indie horror games, they were just more about making you as helpless as possible. So the horror just became the horror of not trying, of not dying and repeating the whole sequence again. What about uh, Alien Isolation? Now, that is a game I definitely really enjoyed because, for me, that was a perfect balance of trying to have the old style of survival horror of giving the player the tools to defend themselves to where they aren't playing a 10-hour hide-and-seek game, but also combine that element of the constant danger that is trying to hunt you down that you can kill. You know, with Alien Isolation, it always put the alien as the one enemy that you just could not defeat. Like, no matter what gun you had, be it a shotgun or grenades, you couldn't kill it. But, it didn't mean that every time you saw the alien, it was a, well, you know, you're done, you're screwed, you just you just have to accept death now. Because it would still give you some tools to fight it back with Molotov cocktails or flamethrowers, which they wouldn't kill it, but they at least they at least scared away enough. Kind of like uh, Mr. X. Yeah, kind of. Although Mr. X was a whole different beast in the Resident Evil 2 remake. Mm-hmm. You know, re- Mr. X in Resident Evil 2 reminds me a lot of Nemesis from re3 yeah i haven't played the remake but i played that back in the day resident evil 3 yeah uh and i mean it's it makes sense for the remake to have mr x fill that role because uh when the original resident evil 2 came out and again this is why i fucking love that game so much is because when you first play the game you had the choice of playing as like leon or claire just like in the first game but the big difference was that after you beat the first round, the first campaign, campaign A, or scenario A, this is what we call it, uh, with either character, you unlock scenario B. And when you do that, you get to see the other side of the story, see what the other character was doing while you were going through this, this uh, nightmare. And they introduced Mr. X in the B scenario, like you never saw this guy in your first playthrough, and now it's now they're throwing this 
big badass dude who takes a lot of damage before he can fall down. And it was just this big shock. And when you fall him the first time, and you fall him very early on too, like you think you kill him, and you see him fall down dead, pool of blood down below, and then you just walk out of the room and you're like, okay, so let me just continue the game. But then it triggers a cutscene where you see him getting back up. And throughout the whole game, you see him coming through diff- coming to different areas of the game that you once thought were safe. Now, it wasn't as bad as uh, Nemesis, where he would chase, literally chase you everywhere. Like, you could just walk into a different room and just completely skip a fight with him. But, but still, he did offer that sense of unpredictable danger. Because you never really knew when he was going to strike again. Because this was a brand new story to you. So it made sense for the remake to bring him back in a way where he is just always after you. And I, I gotta say this. I think the way Capcom introduced him in the remake is kind of very genius. Because what they have this time around, they introduced him in the A campaign, in this first scenario run. And they they bring him in, I'd say a third or at least halfway through the game, which is right around the time you're pretty much, or you pretty much know the layout of the police station. So you know pretty much all the good uh, rooms to go through to avoid dangerous enemies like the liquor or zombies. But even then, like, there are still rooms that, or at least the way I played, there were still rooms and hallways that I, try to avoid the most but still had to go back to that had enemies like the liquor and zombies in them and then when mr x got introduced this guy will follow you anywhere there is no low screen in resident evil 2 which is one of the best things about it. you know when you go through a door there is no low screen transition to the next room no it's a one seamless map and mr x and any and pretty much even as a regular zombie will chase you through every room possible except for save rooms because there is there does have to be a limit there and there's nothing more intense and aggravating at the same time when you have to go into a hallway where there's a liquor a couple of zombies and you can't engage either like the liquor is too dangerous for you to kill that thing can kill you in two hits zombies will just fuck your shit up if you let them get too close to you. And the simple fact is that you can't even shoot your gun at this point because if you shoot your gun, Mr. X is going to hear you. And in that hallway, if you shoot your gun, the liquor is going to hear you. So you're fucked. You can't even run because if you run, liquor is going to hear you. But if Mr. But Mr. X, when he's coming in, that, that guy is slow. He's going to walk toward it. He is in no rush to get to get you. But he will still catch up to you regardless. And you're just always forced on the situation of, all right, what the hell am I going to do here? Am I going to run and risk pissing off the liquor and have it try to kill me? Or am I going to take my time and try to get work, get to this door and hope to God that Mr. X doesn't catch me before that? It's just this, is that kind of level of 
intensity and tension that Resident Evil 2, the remake at least, brings to the game that just, I don't know, I love it. Yeah. How do you feel, uh, I mean, because it's been a few years since it came out, about comparative, because that's new, I mean, it's 2019, but how do you think something like The Last of Us holds up, combat-wise, gameplay-wise? Uh, Gameplay-wise, that's kind of, it's, it's definitely a very different experience than something like Resident Evil 2, because Resident Evil 2 doesn't really have a lot of stealth. It has some elements of stealth, as in Giant avoids making too much sound, but there's no crouching, there's no... Right, it's mostly about management, you know. Yeah, it's about it's inventory management, management yeah. ammo management. Yeah, because even like, because there are enemies in the game that are blind, like the lickers, they can't see. So whenever you enter a room with them in it, sometimes it's just more advantageous for you to just walk instead of run. Yeah. But there's no crouching, there's nothing like that. Even when Mr. X shows up, you can't really take cover or or hide behind anything. You just have to, to outrun him and just try to outsmart him a lot of times. So in that regard, like Last of Us plays differently because it is much more about stealth than it is about the the combat. I think it holds up though. I think it's I think it's uh, yeah. I mean it's been it's been a few years admittedly. I haven't even played the remaster. I played it when it came out. So it's been a long time since I played it. But to the best of my knowledge, it does hold up because I I think it is by all accounts a survival horror game. You know, like through and through, in my opinion. Because it has very much that, especially when you put on harder difficulties, that sense of resource management. You have to manage. You know, if there's certain enemies like you're fucking dead if you get caught, you're done. You know, and just I love how you have, like you're describing in Resident Evil, there are many instances where it's better to just avoid combat altogether. You know, and even even still, like uh, the bow, I used the bow a shitload once I got it. You know, bricks, bottles, the f- where the game forces you to scrap to feel so nearly helpless that you'll use any tiny little thing to gain an advantage. It was fucking great. You know. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Combat wise, I still think The Last of Us holds up because it's better than Uncharted. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, way better. Because like the combat mechanics were just like they were just very solid. You know they. Yeah. They felt good. They felt like a, they had a little bit of weight to them. And also just because you also had the option to stealthily you know, sneak your way through any sort of combat environment. Just kind of like gave it a little bit of extra enjoyment to it. Well, and I think too, compared it to something like Uncharted. Uncharted, I mean, it does a lot of things right. Like I've said this before, I, I would gladly play an Uncharted game with no combat whatsoever. To me, the combat is by far the worst part of that entire game series. It makes it difficult for me. I have the, you know, the trilogy on PS4, and I have Uncharted 4, obviously. Part of me would love to go back through and just replay all of them. But I just think the gameplay is so painfully mediocre that, like the shooting aspects of the gameplay, I should probably emphasize. That, uh, yeah, I should probably 
you know, clarify. It's it's the shooting. The shooting is just incredibly, incredibly mediocre in that game. It's it because what happens is the game's obviously it's beautiful. The characters are great. The story's pretty good. It's fun. It's light typically. The exploration's fantastic. You know, I love the scenes and and the world trotting, globe trotting, Indiana Jones esque, pulpy experience. I love that. But then it just feels like okay, we're exploring. We're and I understand there has to be tension, there has to be drama. I I get that. I get that. I get that. I'm not really offering like a necessarily a solution. I'm just saying that the combat itself. It, you know, you're exploring, you're having a great time, and then it's like every time I play the game, I'm like, I hear that one of the enemy trucks roll in. It's like oh fuck here we go a t- 10 minute fucking mundane shootout cover shooter shootout i mean fucking okay, cover here like that's why things like gears of war you know we went back and tried to play gears of war 4 which neither of us played and this is coming from a long time gears fan who's beat one two three played them religiously uh it was impossible i couldn't do it it was nauseating it was nauseating it not was because so, it was hard but it was just no it was just so boring it was so fucking mundane and boring. Now, again, it's an acquired taste. It's not a definitive fact. It's merely an opinion. But going back to that, it felt just fucking archaic. It felt archaic. Now, others may... I know that there's, like, a whole pro scene there. and People love that shit. And, you know, there is an art to, like, the dipping and dashing and going... You know, but to me, it just felt like, wow. It's, really? To me, the, to me, the problem with Gears is... Not that it feels archaic, although it does feel like that. It just feels very slow, and not but not in a, a good way. Not yeah. in a good tense this survival not, horror way. No, yeah, no this is like not you know slow. Resident Evil Two or Last of Us kind of slow, where yeah. you're like being surround. You're being like bombarded by. Well, that's atmosphere. more of a cerebral slow. Yeah, what you're describing there is an intellect. Like you're you're forced to be meticulous and methodical. Because the hazards are so dangerous. Yeah. But when you're playing Gears, it's like, here's a fucking other slew of aliens. But you know if you pop out of cover, you're going to get fucking murked in half a second. Yeah. So it's just better to stay behind cover. Okay, pop out. Stay behind cover, pop out. You know, that's so much of the game. So much of the fucking game. It's just so monotonous. And, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I, I remember loving those games so fucking much years ago. I loved them. When I was in my early 20s and shit, they were great. But, you know, I haven't played Gears 3 since when it came out, 2011. It's been a long time. I, um, I, I think it's because as we've grown, gotten older, I think our tastes have kind of like changed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, your taste definitely changes. As you, get for, yeah. for my, you know, for myself, I used to play anything that was big, right? When I, I grew up on Halo, I, you know, I grew up playing WoW, but I grew up on Halo and all that shit. And, you know, Gears as well after that, but mostly Halo. And there's so much about it. Now, I don't necessarily have anything against Halo, to be perfectly honest with you. I haven't played a Halo since Halo 4. was that, like 2012? It's been a while. I haven't played 5. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I can't necessarily have, I don't necessarily have a modern take on what it would be like to play it now and my take on it, et cetera, et cetera. I, th- I definitely can say, just going back to Reach, that, uh, they made the grave mistake of abandoning their own identity, chasing the success of, of Call of Duty. But anyway, to to not, I don't want to go down that road just yet. But essentially, Gears of War, it did borrow a lot from Resident Evil, and I think for its time, it was really successful. 
And I think it's still, you know, it's big enough to warrant making uh, for the fan base. But, you know, as, a, as an individual player, I feel like going back to that, it's so, like artistically, it's just an incredibly bland game. Just yeah. artistically speaking, from a pure aesthetic uh, perspective it's incredibly bland it's just very dude bro which it always has been but you know I, like you said you get older your tastes evolve and change going back that's just so piss poor bland and and the combat's just super bland you know the best part is the going out and sawing a dude in half but the novelty of that wears off you know and then so it's just certain things but there are certain games that are older that hold the fuck up like I, like i was saying that's why i brought up the last of us because I think that that game, and that's why it's such a stark contrast from Uncharted. And I think the reason the combat is so good in The Last of Us is because the pace is so slow, right? Like, take Resident Evil 5 and 4. Resident Evil 5 is not necessarily a bad game. It's a bad Resident Evil game. The reason for this is because the pace is too fast. There's too many enemies. They're moving too quickly. And what they tried to do, like, at least with Resident Evil 4, there were survival horror elements, you know, especially, like, the village sequence yeah. at the beginning and all that yeah. shit. But Yeah, like, with Resident Evil 4, and, like, I got, you know, I got stuff to talk about with that, too, after playing the remake. But, like, with Resident Evil 4, it was a very long game. And it used its length to its advantage because it gave you enough downtime to just kind of like relax and soak up the atmosphere. And it tried to drip feed you combat encounters that weren't too long. And like there was also just too much, a lot of strategy in that design as well. You know, like from the very first combat arena, which would be the first time you enter the village and you are you're being attacked by everyone including the chances balls yeah. that's one of the best opening sections yeah. of the game but it's still. a fact it's a fact that even though you have this you have this big huge open map ballerina for you to play in all right like you can run around and find your vantage points you can go into buildings and barricade yourself and just create choke points to where you can funnel the enemies in Resident Evil 5 doesn't have that. It's like the arenas in that game are just very small and also very linear. So there really isn't enough room to... And the enemies are faster. Space. They're more aggressive. Yeah, that too. And they're more numerous too. Yeah. You know? And also, and, and personally, that, they also take more damage too. Well, and also, my biggest thing is that it, the game has an identity crisis because it's very clearly trying to capitalize on the success of 4, which I understand. But the pay, like you're saying, the the linear structure of the geometry within the game and the speed and the durability of the enemies doesn't warrant that gameplay. The gameplay and movement and shooting are still the exact same as they were in 4. And it's slow. It's really fucking slow. Which, again, in 4, it works because the pace of the game is slow. 5 isn't. It made no fucking sense. It was just bad. You know, yeah. and again, I think it's like a fun romp when you're trying to play something co-op with your buddy. But other than that, it's not much. Yeah. And six was just a dumpster. A fire. fucking disaster. I, one of probably one of the most interesting concepts I've heard, though, like it really was cool. 
I mean, I yeah. Think. Like the idea, the idea was definitely cool. Of you know, uh, a campaign that's that spans like four yeah. different characters. You get all the appeal. You, you know, you appeal to the fucking dude bros with the curse campaign. You know, you get the whole tyrant esque experience with what's his name, Jake. Jake, yeah. Yeah, and then of course the Ada stealth shit and Leon's the classic survival horror campaign. In theory, it's a really fucking cool idea. Yeah, it's just an execution. They they pretty much fucked it up. You know, sideways, sideways and beyond infinity. Yeah, because a big like the big problem was you're trying to appease the too many people. Yeah, there, you have no audience. Yeah, you have no true audience at that point. Clearly, you want yeah, Resident Evil Six. Clearly, shows they still want the the dude brochure demographic. That's why every campaign is still is cooperatively. Except, really enough, Ada's campaign was originally solo. You couldn't play that cooperatively. But later on, they patched in. A co-op partner that does not appear in the story, so that was kind of weird. Yeah, uh, but so you—they're tr- clearly trying to appeal to the Dewey brochure demographic by trying to have like, the online co-op and the intense firefights with Chris, where you fighting zombies with machine guns, and then you tried—and they're trying to appeal to the old fans with Leon's campaign, which. Feels a lot like you know a classic Resident Evil game with the zombies and an infected city. Uh, you know the Jake thing. The, the Jake thing was just there. It was just like one big chase uh, chase campaign. Actually, that one was very very melee heavy. Like the Jake character, he could really pretty much wipe an entire room using only melee abilities. Hmm. But the big problem with Resident Evil 6 is, like, it fails on all fronts. It fails to be a harder game to appeal to fans, because even when you're playing as Leon, you're still too capable. Like, you can run into a horde of zombies and melee them to death. You have all of these karate moves, practically, that, that you can use to kill a bunch of zombies without just wasting one single bullet. Then with Chris, like you still with Chris, you barely get enough ammo for your machine gun to really use it a lot. Like you that barely was a fucking problem in the demo. Yeah, like seriously, like and look, I hate Resident Evil Six, but I try to go into that game with an open mind. I try going in accepting that it wasn't the old Resident Evil games that I wanted, but it was something new. You're going a different direction. Now it's like, all right, let me go into this with an open mind. And I tried to play Chris' campaign on their terms, which was a co-op action shooter. I could barely play as a co-op action shooter. I had to play it as a strategic survival horror game because you know you barely get enough bullets for your for your machine gun, especially like your machine gun and shotgun. But also there were just so some baffling terrible design choices with the inventory management screen like in theory it was it sounded good where you had two well no three different separate inventory screens one for your guns 
one for you know grenades and stuff and the rest was for ammunition sounds good sounds like you know you're avoiding the errors of five which also had a notoriously bad inventory management screen but what six fucks up is the fact that the way it distributes ammo per slot is just so convoluted you can have 150 handgun bullets in one slot but you can't keep more than 60 machine gun rounds in one it made no sense yeah so all the time you're just like so all the time whenever i play that game i'm con- trying to conserve as much ammo as i can because they're very rare in that game like any ammo that's not a handgun bullet is extremely rare to get so I try to collect as much as I can, and a lot of times I just find myself, my inventory is just full. It's full of ammo and grenades and health items and all these different things, and there's no way to, to manage it. I can't go to an item box and drop what I don't need. I can't give my ammo to my co-op partner to hold. So ultimately, I'm, give, I'm forced to either not pick up any more ammo, waste what I have, or completely true what i have away just to make room yeah so in other words the game is ass yep it's, it's also, just ass also and i kid you not literally resident evil 6 broke my controller it broke my dual shock controller because of all of the quick time events yeah all the fucking wiggling of the analog stick yeah. not even a rage rage break yeah. just <laughs> just natural wear and tear but all right, so we were talking about this before we started um, recording, uh, like the Soulsborne type games. Yeah, you know, I think obviously the appeal there is the. I think the challenge is a part of it, but I think it also. Cor- I think the popularity of these games correlates somewhat to what I was saying about Breath of the Wild. Again, don't really want to get back on Breath of the Wild stick just yet. I'm yeah. gonna give it a break. Yeah, their lawyers are very serious about it. Yeah, so, but I think it does hit a similar note. Now, obviously, it's a much harder game. It's a totally different game. It's fucking dark. It's morose. The Soulsborne stuff. But the similarity here, to me, in the intrigue is the lack of information. Yeah. Right? And I think that less, I mean, the challenge definitely, I think there's definitely just a lot of fucking masochists out there who... Like a good fucking ass, Raymond. But I think, too, there's a huge demographic of people out there who just want to play games and think for themselves, like back in the day. You know, like when you play the original Metroid, when you start the fucking game, you know, you're used to playing side scrolls. You're used to just going to the right. If you go to the right, you miss the fucking morph ball ability. You have to go to the left at the beginning. You could totally miss it. Be like, what the fuck do I do? You have to go. So it's just like, Forcing you to get out of little... It doesn't tell you this. It doesn't say, hey, go to the morph ball. Go over here. Get this thing. You know? You have to to think. Right? And I think that, to me at least, is the bigger appeal to the Soulsborne stuff. It's... it's, And I said this before we started recording again. It's having to think about every engagement with an enemy. Treating every enemy as a threat. Yeah. Yeah, like that's one thing that the Soul series has uh, been very successful at. Because as someone who has played 
a vast majority of them, with the only exception being Dark Souls, which I kind of think, which I kind of think disqualifies me as a Dark Souls fan because the fan, fan base you have to play Dark Souls, and I haven't. Yeah. Like you, so you have. Played... You're not. You can't call yourself a fan if you haven't played Dark Souls. So you've played Demon Souls, right? Yeah, that was the. That was kind of like the prototype in a way to what would become Dark Souls. Right. So you played that. You played two. Dark Souls two. Yep. Dark Souls three, and yeah, obviously Bloodborne. Why didn't yeah. you play the original Dark Souls? Uh, honestly, I just couldn't find it. That's uh, honestly like. Honestly, I just couldn't find it because. Originally, originally I want I wasn't interested in the series at all. I I haven't even played uh, Demon Souls, and at this point, Dark Souls Two already came out, and it's because I saw an episode of Game Grumps about it. Shout out to Game Grumps, OG, John and Aaron, fucking love oh, those guys. Oh shit, you going way back, back OG. when John was on? Okay, yeah, before they broke up. Before Still, the, John's before been the killing Yoko. it. Yeah, he's, he's been killing it. Yeah, he's, he's finally back. Crazy. Yeah, he's finally back doing consistent shows. I know. I've been watching. Him. He's fucking great. I yeah. love him. Uh, yeah. He, also, just you know, I know this has nothing to do with game design, but you know, you gotta appreciate how the guys evolved. Like he started from just a simple comedy game reviewer to just. Fucking just mad comedian. He's just a comedian at this point. He's fucking it. hilarious, and his videos have insane production value. Yeah. Like the dude, quality the last... is crazy. Yeah, dude, the last one he did is it the workplace one? Uh, well, actually, yeah. No, well, at least his <laughs> comeback, like his comeback video. Uh, he actually brought in the guy from the flex tape commercials. I know. I fucking saw that shit. That's crazy. Yeah, I think that's his most popular video, the original Flex Tape one. I mean, hey, it's he's so hilarious. fucking funny. Whatever happened to his bird? Does he still have that shit? I hope so. I never he's... see it in his videos anymore. I don't know. I, I think he's just kind of like changed his. Like again, I'm know. not. I don't know, but I he's I hope fucking it's... great though. Either I way, I just think he doesn't. I just think yeah. he just moved on and just trying to be more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so why why didn't anyway. you uh, why didn't you get Dark Souls on uh, PC I, yeah. remastered? Honestly, because at that point it just slipped my mind. Yeah. Well, they have so, it remastered with all the fixes and shit on PC. Yeah, yeah I know. It's like I just haven't really mm. thought about it. But yeah, like I've, you know, I saw Game Grumps, saw them play uh, Dark Souls too. It looked really good. So I played. I bought the original game because I couldn't find a copy of Dark Souls One on PlayStation Three because at that time. I was, yeah, it'd been it'd been a while. Yeah, so at that point I was still into console gaming, <laughs> and I couldn't get a copy here. I tried to buy it digitally; they didn't have a digital copy of it either. So I just bought the original Demon Souls instead because I didn't want to jump into two just yet. I wanted to at least play the first one. Right. Uh, and from there, I just really enjoyed Demon Souls, God Blood. I think I'm not completely sure, but I think I got Bloodborne. Before I got Dark Souls 2. Mm-hmm. And then I played Dark Souls 2. And then later on 3. It's just. You know, I just never got a chance to, to go back and play the first one. Especially after playing Bloodborne. Because I just. After I played Bloodborne. I just was so hesitant. To get into the Dark Souls. Yeah series. the pace I, is totally different. Yeah because I just kind of felt like Bloodborne was. 
the best it would ever get in that series and that it was just more my style because i love the aggressiveness behind dark uh, bloodborne that's bloodborne. why i've always been so intrigued by it even though yeah. you keep telling me not to play it <laughs> Well, I tell you not to play it because... No, I get it. I get it. It's, I, you know. it's so stressful of a game. No, I understand. I mean... Ugh, because, but my point is, my point is, is that um, I think that that's the intrigue. That's the, that's the appeal, is that people are fucking tired of it. I mean, look, sure, there's a big, big, big-ass demographic of players who... You know, they they just want to be brain dead for a while. They just want to turn their fucking minds. And I'm not judging those people. If you're one of those folks, you know, God bless you. Fucking hallelujah, praise be. They, they just want a little waypoint to lead them to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. You're just sort of going through the motions. For me, it just kills me inside. Like, that's why I couldn't play Gears 4. You know, and look, I fucking love that series, but... I just can't do it. I cannot do it. I can't just go back and be like, okay, go here. I was going now here. Now here, especially when the fun, which now, to be fair, because you know I'm going to talk about God of War shortly, and the old ones is not just the new shit, uh, particularly the old shit. But so that should tell you if I love that shit so much, and I do, is that I have no problem with linearity, but it's the functionality, it's the gameplay design within the context of the of the linearity. So. Like, Gears of War is so fundamentally simple, which that hurts it because of the structure of its gameplay, right? Where it's so linear, you know, corridor-type shit, take cover, pop out, blah, 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 and the gameplay's so simple. So, to me, it, I just couldn't stomach it and go waypoint to waypoint to waypoint. Go here, okay, now here. And it just holds your hand and tells you exactly where to go and how many steps it and, and there's most modern games, you click in the fucking thumbstick and it tells, like, oh, reminds you where to go, you know? And there's no thought put into anything. You just go, which, again, like, I've noticed Devil May Cry 5, what little I've played of it, has that feature. Where yeah. it t but, again, I don't mind that because, you know, the gameplay is fucking complicated. It's, there's, it's deep as fuck. Holy shit. There's a lot to learn. And also, it's not even a feature that you're going to really use a lot. No. Like, the only time you use it is when you have, like, a diversion path and you want to take the one that yeah, leads yeah, yeah. to the rewards and not continue the, the, but, the mission. But the point is, like, it's a linear game, but the get, linearity isn't a bad word. I, I personally love it a lot of times because I'm obsessive and not, sometimes I get tired of exploring every nook and cranny. But what I'm trying to say, though, is I think that's the appeal to these uh souls games is because people are just tired of it i think there is a subset of players who are just really fucking sick of having little dots and waypoints all over a map telling exactly where to go exactly what to do super forgiving it's super easy and it's, you're just going through the motions it's no different i mean the only difference in difficulty is like hey you die faster they die slower that's it but the fundamentals are the same and i think that's why you've seen this genre blow up so much right and that's why the hype is so big every time and i think that they continue to improve too like i thought it was kind of an odd decision you know i'm sure there are like story reasons why but i feel like it's kind of odd that dark souls 3 came after bloodborne a little strange from a gameplay perspective oh, yeah, i feel like dark it's almost souls 3. yeah it's kind of like a start a step back from bloodborne yeah. i feel I like 
Yeah, I think it's because they kind of like want to end uh, the Dark Souls trilogy, even though sure. there really is no connecting storyline to it. Yeah, yeah, well, that's why I, I say that. But Bloodborne feels like a, a an evolution of that. And I would say that Sekiro is an evolution, I hope. it. I think it promises to be an evolution of that of that still, where it... It has the same speed as blood, arguably faster. I mean, you're and there's now there's this layer of verticality with with the grapple hook, right? And then there's this element of stealth, which is new for them as well. And then there's this there instead of like wasting all your fucking time, like gathering resources and farming and all these like old antiquated concepts. It's like, okay, instead you have a skill tree. You know, now you'll still lose like half your shit and the whole standard Soulsborne bullshit, but with this, it's, it just feels more refined and more to the point. And I feel like they get closer and closer and closer to just making an incredibly challenging game without all the cumbersome garbage, right? So, and that's what I find so appealing. Like especially with Sekiro, I've been just fucking constantly looking at this game. It's just so fascinating. Where how the What's his name? The main, the guy who um, Miyazaki said it. Yeah, he, the director. Hidetaka like, Miyazaki. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So he's he was talking about how he wanted the combat to feel like steel clanking together in a battle, like steel to steel, just clink, 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 and you hear it. And I, I hope I would like to imagine you feel it as well. And I love that. I love that it's just like this old samurai shit, which other than Sucker Punch's upcoming game, you you really don't see that very often anymore, which I think is fucking awesome. I, I love that shit. I'm super into that. You know that about me. Like, I'm not a big, like, Japanese pop culture guy, but I fucking love old feudal Japan type shit. I'm super into that stuff. Super, super into that. So I, I love that, where you're in this sort of 1v1 which isn't new to the Soulsborne genre, but still, like I, I love that one v one sort of, oh fuck, let me time my shit right and outsmart my enemy, and that to me is so fascinating. Where no one is fodder, no, nothing is is ancillary. Everything matters. Everything counts. Every strike, every decision. Now, of course, it's daunting. You know, no doubt. Like you said, it's frustrating. I have no doubt in my mind, but. That, to me, it, it's not the frustration. I mean, obviously, I don't want to fucking be angry and pop a fucking blood vessel or something like that. Uh, and I understand how difficult that that shit is. But to me, it's less about the difficulty, and it's more about figuring something out on my own. That's what's so appealing, yeah. right? Which is why I have sang fucking Zelda's Breath of the Wild's praises so much. It's, it's just that it just doesn't tell you anything. You know, that's what I like. It's the the lack of information, which, again, I think that's why the indie scene has gotten so popular, you know, because there's far more creative freedom. And the games are typically simpler. They're much more rudimentary, but there's less there's less handholding. You know, the triple A game market, for the most part, is just so. So fucking handholdy that it's unbearable that's why i'm just completely turned off by most modern games yeah and i think that's why uh a game like dark souls was able to capture such an audience with people because you got you gotta think man like 
at the time period that it came out, most games, stuff like Call of Duty, Uncharted, Gears Three War, came out that same year. Yeah. Games Uncharted that were this. just yeah, games which were just like very easy. Like they there really weren't too much of a challenge and whatever challenge they did offer was just you just die way quicker than than the other guys. Or they're like, bullet sponges, whichever yeah. or both. So there wasn't anything truly actually difficult at the time. Mm-hmm. And Dark Souls then came in and it's like, no, fuck that shit. That you know, the whole world is difficult. The whole world will try to kill you, and that is why our slogan is literally prepare to die because you are going to die. It is a game about you know, it is a game about dying and learning from it and trying to be better. Because when you play something like Gears of War, you know, look, I don't care, you know, what people say about playing it on like the the most insane difficulty on that and how hard it is. Mm. Like you ain't gonna learn shit from it. Like you know, you played Gears of War on the hardest difficulty. All you're gonna learn is when to cover at the right time to shoot. That's it. And as somebody who's beat almost all of them on insane, that's exactly what it is. Stay in cover, pop out, shoot. Stay in cover, pop out, shoot. That's it. But it's in the Soul series, it's not that. It is literally learning what you are fighting. Like when you see even the basic grunt enemies, you you're still trying to learn. Okay, what is this guy's attack pattern? Like, what attacks does he have? Which ones can I can I dodge? Which ones can I parry? All these things, and then it just keeps on progressing as you fight. These bigger, tougher enemies, including the bosses, you know, you die so many times at these bosses because you're trying to always learn, like their attack patterns and trying to find the right moments to hit them and what are they weak against. Like you can fight an enemy that's you know, po- like this poisonous monster that's gonna, you know, leave trails of poison that you can't touch, and you know, you're trying to like get rid of this guy as fast as possible. But, you know, he's tough. He's tough. Like, he can't, can't do too much damage, but then you, you just experiment. Because, again, again, the game does not tell you. There is no hints. There is no pop-up that says, oh, hey, guess what, Blood uh, Hunter? This boss right here, he's weak against magic or fire or ice or whatever. No, it doesn't tell you that. You just have to have those things on you. Use them on yourself and just experiment and see what makes the most damage. Sometimes the game itself will give you hints, but like the way it does it is uh, kind of like isn't it's it's within its own story or well the lack thereof because every item you pick up in that game when you read the description it is a piece of lore that is giving you like even something as simple as like health medicine has lore behind it. It doesn't just tell you, "Oh, hey, here's here's a a blue a, a green stone. It heals you. It heals you. That's it." No, it just, "Oh, hey, these these green stones. They used yeah, to be." Yeah, this came from the sphincter of a vicious <laughs> yeah. werewolf. Yeah, it came from a vicious werewolf that used to be an alchemist at OD on. Right. On uh, lithium, no, it's like. But yeah, the important part of... is that it came from his sphincter, and <laughs> yeah. the pressure from his sphincter created it into a diamond-like substance. 
Yeah, that, as soon as you, and whenever you put up your own sphincter, heals you back up. It it soothes your asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of like how it approaches it. So a lot of times you're gonna like read these lore bits, and they will give you hints at how to deal with an enemy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's the lack of information. I think it's a challenge, but it's the lack. It's the lack of information. It's just forcing you to innovate. It's forcing you to adapt. And I don't know. That's what's so fascinating about that whole subset of games to me. But beyond that, I think what's also become evident, I, at least to me and hopefully to, to most, is complete, and we've talked about this so many times, open world game fatigue. I'm so fucking tired of every yeah. single game having to be open world. Yeah, I am too. Like, and that's kind of like upsetting, well, not upsetting, but it's kind of disheartening. Because I was really excited for Rage 2. But now, anytime I see a video of Rage 2, I'm just, I'm yeah. just bored. Yep. It's like, I just look at it and I just... The more I saw, the worse I felt. Yeah. I was hyped on 2 at first. But it's pretty much what I told you. It, you know, there's just games where, you know, go, they have no real reason for being open world. It's just sort of to eat your fucking time and force you to and, and coerce you to buy the inevitable DLC, which may or may not be worth your money. But that's why I miss games like, you know, Devil May Cry, which I have a couple gripes with but as you know i'm very early i don't want to make the mistake i made with it what again i don't think they were even mistakes the comments i made on red dead i stand by them again but i'll reserve them until i beat the game so far for the by and large i like what i've experienced yeah for the vast majority but yeah. there are i have a couple little gripes but i'll i'll save it for another yeah, day I, and i'm like way further ahead than you in that game and i'll yeah and it is, I'll say this, if not for Resident Evil 2, the remake, <laughs> Devil May Cry 5 would be my game of the year for this year. You've only played like two fucking games this year. Yeah. The, and the, what and other, what other options are there? Days Gone? You can't include games that aren't out yet, dumbass. It's <laughs> March. It's fucking March. You, well, what else like are you the gonna... only game you bought. Well, what else do you think is going to beat that shit? You think Days Gone, an open world zombie game, is going to beat The Last of Us 2 if it comes out? I mean, Definitely. if it comes out this if year. It co- yeah, we don't know. We don't have to... You can't fucking conclude Game of the Year at the beginning of the year. You have to see the year. Through, unless it's like Aren't fucking... You? What? I mean... There are exceptions like God of War. That's a fucking obvious. I I choose I choose to believe that at the start of this year, Resident Evil Two and Devil May Cry Five have set the bar, especially oh, because whenever I job. yeah, especially when I look at the rest of this year, right. and let's and look, let's talk what we know is coming out. Yeah, that's what we don't know when it's coming out. But that's the we thing though. It's March. It's like you can't know. There's probably stuff that will get announced this year and come out this year. Sure. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think Sekiro will probably get better reviews than yeah, I think it will than both games or similar both, both or games. similar. I mean, it depends. It's like I think it'll be comparable. It, it'll be compared. You're right. I don't think it's gonna be like fucking ten out of ten because yeah, I think there's, there's well, let's, let's look the up. Series. Let me look up right here how much 
uh, Resident Evil 2 and the DMC5 have in like Metascore? Like high 80, low 90. It's very good. It's very, very good. I know that much. I think Resident Evil's is higher. Resident Evil 2 is 90 on PlayStation. 93 on Xbox. You gotta look at which one has the most reviews. Not the highest score. Because that's the better average. Either way, it's high. I know that they're both high. Devil May Cry is like 88. 90 on... 90 and Devil May Cry is the Xbox version is probably the most popular one. If I had to guess. All right. Uh, well, they're both 87. All right. Either way, the great reviews, no doubt. But and uh, we don't know. That's the thing. It's like the known list for 2019 is pretty fucking dismal, in my opinion. Yeah. You know. But I think there's a good chance Last of Us will probably come out. I think that it will. It's been a long time. I. I think I don't think so because we bar- we have seen very little of that game. Like last year, each re last year is the first time they actually show gameplay. So I kind of think they'll sh- they'll show it again at this E3 with another gameplay demo. Yeah, and I think the and big thing is then I gonna, think like, it'll fucking come play. out at the end of the year. I think it's going to be early next year. Uh, maybe either way, you know. And then um, fucking if Media Molecules game comes out, Dreams. I don't know. The, the, my point is, is it's just early in the year, and you just don't know what's going to come out. Like, there's probably shit that's going to come out. It's like, oh shit, I didn't even know that was going to come out. You know, sure. Of what's sure. Not, yeah, but again, sure, I, but I'll say, I will say I'm, this I'm then: very those two yeah. games, those two games are at least at my top. And like, if nothing else comes out that beats them, Resident Evil Two is definitely has it. Yeah, but but what I was but, trying to say though is like, I I miss linearity. That's why I'm such a fucking massive God of War fan. Like at the like to me, God of War is the epitome of the linear game. Right? Yeah. It it's linear, it's tight. There's very little exploration, which again I have no problem with. But it's the depth and breadth of the combat. The fundamentals are simple. They don't overcomplicate things, but there's so much fun and fluidity to be had within the context of the combat. Right? There's so much there. And it's just so fucking fun, you know? It's so fun. I love it. I, I love how, especially God of War 3, which I feel like at least we're excluding Dad of War for the time being, is the pinnacle of hack and slashers still, even over DMC5 thus far. Now, again, haven't beat DMC5, haven't even experienced... I that one. Well, I have, you know, I'm super early. I'm super early. So, you know, by the end of it, I might be like, wow, best hack and slasher of all time. I don't fucking know. Okay. So you have to understand I'm so early in the game, like chapter four. So you can't, it's just so far, early impressions. Uh, God of War just does so many things correctly, right? First of all, it, the pacing of the game is spectacular. Right, like the problem, like one of I will say, I fucking might as well just air my tiny grievances with DMC five so far is the world design is not particularly impressive, right? It's it's just it's kind of boring, right? Like the world itself is boring. Now I think the combat is spectacular, which is really what counts here. All right, the meat and potatoes of this game are fucking fantastic. What the main reasons for his existence? is combat, and they succeeded with flying colors. All right, I, 
I'm not even going to attempt to argue it's very good. Uh, but the world design is pretty underwhelming so far. Again, very early in. It's just kind of bland. You know, nothing particularly over the top. For, you know, for a game that's so fucking loud and brash and over the top and wild, it, it's not very creative from an aesthetic perspective. Now, from a combat perspective, absolutely. Aesthetically, definitely underbaked, to say the least. All right. Beyond that, like I've said this before, and I still stand by it. The game interrupts your gameplay too many fucking times. The camera, and you've said you've complained about this with Uncharted numerous times. It takes control away from you too often. At least early on. Right now, maybe they'll stop introducing so many fucking new enemies and shit like that, and they'll fuck off for a minute. But it feels like I'll get a small section done. Okay, let me introduce this new enemy and pause the fucking screen and pan the camera and force you to look at this thing and, you know, force you to look at this fucking enemy. And the combat encounters are too short. It's like a couple little scrubs. Now, again, I'm early on. Maybe later, there's like, there have been a couple times where there's like a big ass fucking pit of enemies. And that was awesome because that let me play. You know, I want to play the game and be free and, and, and experience the riches of it. Yeah. You know, so that so when it lets you really fucking go and it lets up on you, you know, it lets go of control. It's phenomenal. I don't I'd like the devil breakers with Nero. I think like particularly what is it punchline? Yeah, it's fucking awesome. And I love how you can ride the fucking thing and da, da, da. But I don't like that you can't choose between the Devil Breakers. I think it's a stupid fucking design. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know. Uh, I just think it's it's just not good. Because there are particular Devil Breakers that are just... You just like them better than others. Right? They're just... You prefer it. And the fact that I have to... Now, to be fair, in fairness, you can modify your loadout before the mission starts. But then if it breaks, it's like... You just pick up whatever's there, and then you're for, and then it's like I'll. There are many times where I'll be using punchline, or I like a what's it called, Gerbera or some shit like that. Gerbera? Yeah, the one, yeah. Where the one that lets them. you dart around. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. I don't even know if it's good. I just like the mobility of it. Um, I think but, it's good for people who are mo- more mobile. Uh, yeah, I just love to like zip and dip, and you know, I'm a very evasive mobile player with these types of games i just really enjoy that uh game style you know that play style but then i'll get something that i just don't fucking like and i'll purposely break it just so i can get use something that i do like that feels cumbersome right for me so far i think as as far as devil breakers go that i don't like i don't like the the rawhide devil breaker i don't know if i have access to that yet i don't think i do um but you get my point. Yeah. You know, I don't like that. The not to be fair, this is probably my own fault, so I'm not necessarily blaming the game for this. I don't I don't really understand the exceed system. Okay. I know you're supposed to use it after every attack, but I feel like there's already so much going on. I don't know how the fuck they expect you to remember to do this. You mean um, Hero's uh, charge yes. charge yes. sword? Yes. Well, actually the charge the sword is more for a uh... You usually just use that as an opener to every combat encounter. Although yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird. You know? Also, and again, I've told you this when uh, we were just typing earlier, that uh, 
you know, a couple days ago that I have problems. Like, I don't understand why I can't like this one fucking combo where you have to hold R1, hit Y and hold back like to, to launch an enemy in the, in the sky. Here's my problem. Here's my problem with Devil May Cry so far. All right. While I think the combat itself is fucking dope, like the, the devil breakers are crazy, you know, fucking riding a fucking arm around, blasting into dudes and pu- pulling into them with the chain and, you know, launching them in the air and dipping over to them. All that stuff's fucking really cool, man. Here's the thing, though. It's needlessly convoluted. Like the actual control scheme is to- totally convoluted, right? In God of War, do you know what button you press to launch an enemy in the air? You, uh, you hold triangle. Yeah. You hold triangle. Does the same fucking thing. It Devil May Cry, it's hold the shoulder button, hold triangle, and hold back. Why? Oh. That's what, Why couldn't we just hold Y? Instead, they, they make you pay for an ability that you can use for red... You pay red orbs, and you get this one ability that you hold Y, and it lets you... When your sword glows, you like dash straight across the screen, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Good ability, right? Here's why it's fucking stupid. Now, I know that it, like, uh, breaks enemy armor, you know, pierces it or what the fuck ever, and it has its own use. But if you get the one ability where you hold R1, Y, and forward, which is a fantastic ability that I use constantly, what's the fucking point other than the armor break? Like, it, it, cre- it creates space, you push distance, and you charge into the enemy. That's great. But they're so fucking similar. It's stupid. So instead, you wasted a fucking really great key binding, which is just hit Y or triangle in your case, and put on an Xbox controller on PC. But hit triangle, hold fucking hit triangle. Instead, they're like, no, nah, because you, you're going to use R1 triangle forward way fucking more to dart into a crowd of enemies because it, it sweeps through multiple enemies versus holding triangle, right? But they just wasted it. What my point is, is they wasted a key bind on a redundant ability. They already had an ability that did functionally almost the exact fucking same thing and then blew Y or triangle, which is a great keybind for for what? To do the same thing. Instead, they should have just fucking had you hold triangle to launch someone in the air. Why is it so needlessly complicated? Like the button, it's like fucking EA UFC 3, which I love. And there's like a million abilities, but my God, I have to hold like three fucking buttons to do one thing. And God of War, this is why God of War is so great. Okay, for one... Now, I will admit, I don't think the camera's too much of a problem in DMC5. I think it's fine. You know, it trails behind you well. It never gets in my way. I never feel like it's a a problem, right? So I'm not complaining about it at all. But there's really no reason for its existence. Like, in, in God of War, the linear camera works. And it's it's beautifully fucking done, because think about it. And Devil May Cry, you want to evade an enemy? Okay, hold R1, A, and fucking left or right. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. You know, and it just feels like you're fat fingering everything to fucking death. Right? Now again, when it works and you get good at it, and I did, like by the time I got through like the third mission, I started to get the hang of it, did well, felt like I knew what I was doing marginally, you know what I mean? But with God of War, it's like everything feels so tight and responsive. The control scheme makes total fucking sense, right? Like when you want to launch someone, you hold triangle. Okay. When you want to evade, you just flick the right stick. Hell, you even get the ability to air evade when you get Hermes boots in God of War 3, which is fucking awesome. You know? Like, there's so many things that that game does correctly. Like, the the 
pull enemies and launch into them. That game did that ten years ago. Not, yeah, not yeah, yeah, nine years ago, nine fucking years ago. That DMC five uses, and I'm not harshing DMC five for using it because it's a fucking sweet ability. It's not like they copyrighted the ability to charge into an enemy. Uh, it's probably also, God War. Yeah, Devil May Cry four did. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. So, you know, there's no copyright on it. I'm just saying, like, it's. It's just simple to execute. Like, there's a depth and a reactionary aspect to God of War, especially on the harder difficulties, that makes it challenging, you know? Especially on Chaos. Holy fuck. So, the game heats up, it gets hard, and it rewards parry. Where I feel like, with Devil May Cry, the combinations are just needlessly complicated. And it's just so much shit going on at one time that it feels so difficult to just, I don't find the game hard, you know what I mean? But I find it to be, like, too button mashy, where I just feel like I'm slamming shit constantly to, to, to keep my score high and constantly trying to switch my combos up. And it just feels like, again, this could all boil down to get good. You know, <laughs> and it may, it may. So take this with a fucking grain of salt. But when I play God of War, it feels reactionary. Every button prompt makes sense. You Like, evading is simple. It's one fucking stick. You know, you want to launch someone in the air, it's one button. Everything is just so simplified, but then there's a depth to it, like parrying. The Golden Fleece is a fucking awesome, awesome, awesome ability to have. It's fantastic. Now, I know DMC5 has uh, that ability where that you can, like, high roller, whatever the fuck, not high roller, yeah, um, roll, roll table guard. hopper table hopper or some shit where you can hold when when you evade right when they're about to strike you like sidestep them which is dope you know there's a lot it does right like i think the the con it's fucking awesome like the abilities in the gameplay are really 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 sick i just think that whoever designed the button layout is an idiot that's all that's really all i'm trying to say it's not the combat the combat is fucking fantastic top tier a plus it's just that the button prompts are needlessly convoluted. That's really my only problem. You know, some make sense. Some are sensible. Like the wire pull, right? It's like R1B or something. That's simple enough. That's fine. But when it's like holding different shit in different directions, you know, again, I just probably need to get good at the game and I'll love it. I mean, I already really like it. It's fucking great. But yeah, I mean, and, and there's just a pacing. Like when you play a God of War game, particularly three, I use it as sort of the measure of the design of a linear game, right? Like, it makes perfect fucking sense. Every place looks new. When you get, you start off the fucking game climbing a cliff, ending a literal cliffhanger from the previous game, which is just all too epic. You get to the top, you get kicked down, and then you have to, you, you essentially spend the next fucking 10 hours or so scaling Mount Olympus, which is just so fucking awesome. You know, you're doing all this shit, and every everything appears totally aesthetically different. Like I never felt like I was rehashed, being seeing rehashed content and seeing the same thing I just saw, right? Oh look, another dingy hallway. Oh look, another. It never felt. Now again, I have not played that game in so long, but I beat it five times. You know, literally five fucking times. I was obsessed with that game, and I just remember every little moment. And I remember how every little moment was different from every other little moment and how it it didn't have all this cumbersome bullshit and it got straight to the fucking point. 
and it was just so fucking good like from a story perspective yeah whatever it's a fucking old school god of war game it's not that great but it was just the feeling of power and control you didn't just feel powerful lots of games indulge power fantasies but the controls were so meticulously designed that it felt near flawless nearly fucking flawless like it was it was fantastic the only fucking real flaw in that game to me is that scorpion boss which just totally wasn't needed at all could have just cut it out no one would have cared but other than that I, i can't really think of any issues but none of that fucking even comes close to the achievement that is that of war mm-hmm. fucking that of war is in my opinion the greatest fucking game that's ever been created in all of fucking time and space nah, that, that'd be reasonable to you son <laughs> we fucking agree to disagree on that <laughs> no you're, you're gonna Fuck you're that. gonna agree to me i, I will not agree you are all. going to agree to me that's the most else. absurd fucking claim i've ever heard in my life or else I'm gonna make your dog eat, you know, chocolate. Eat chocolate? I thought you were gonna say shit. I was like, jokes on you. We already eat shit all the time. I started getting this shit for him called a plaque off. It's like a powder, and I have to, cause I don't want to put him to sleep. To I think that's fucking weird. You know how they'll they're like, yeah, you should bring your dog in for a teeth cleaning. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Bring him in. They're like, that's three hundred dollars. What the fuck? Three hundred dollars. Brush a fucking dog's tooth. I can do that. Like, no, no, no. We have to put him to sleep. And they do like a whole procedure on him. And you're supposed to do it like every six months or a year. I'm like, that's fucking weird, dude. That's weird. I'm fucking not going to put a dog under a fucking like six pound dog under anesthesia every few months to clean the shit up. He's a dog. He eats shit. So <laughs> anyway, I decided in all, to take an alternative approach uh, because I'm too lazy to brush his teeth every day. He's a fucking dog. Hell, there's days that I accidentally miss brushing my own teeth. So instead, I got this powder called plaque off. I put it in their food. They eat it. It's supposed to loosen the plaque on their teeth. And then I give them these hard-ass, rigid dental bones that they eat. And it's supposed to flake it and scrape it off when they eat it. I don't know if it's working. Their breath seems to smell less shitty, but I can't be certain. Their teeth still look like shit, so remains to be seen. But anyway, no. That of War is the fucking crowning achievement of all, of all games. Of all, and I briefly touched on it the last time, and I just want to circle back to that uh, before we end things. That fucking game is beautiful in every conceivable measure. Think about it. Okay, for for one, I think we can at least agree on this. It has one of the best fucking minimalist, b- most beautiful stories in modern gaming, or all of gaming for that matter. It really does. Like how it tells its story. Is it's so strange and ironic because you know Kratos has always been relatively one-dimensional. It's been a common complaint throughout the series, understandably so. You know, totally understand. I just love the the structure, the pacing, and the combat of the series. And I'm a huge Greek mythology nerd. I fucking love. I mean, it's it's you know this. It's quite literally in my will that when I fucking die, my wife is to take my ashes and spread them atop Mount Olympus from a fucking helicopter. If this is even possible. I'm dead serious. It's genuinely in my will. No bullshit. So that's how passionate I am about Greek myth and all the things about that. I don't fucking like not some pagan shit. It's just really interesting to me from from like a story myth narrative perspective. So when you look at it, when you look at the story of God of War, the irony is that it 
comes from the perhaps the angriest, most one-dimensional character in all of gaming, and made cre- created one of the most tender stories ever in gaming. Like it, it's so tender, and it's such a relatable tale. Just father and son. That's it. It's so simple. Father and son. You never see it. How many fucking games are about a father and son? I don't know many. I don't know many. It's just about this fucking guy who has this fucked up past, who's just kind of an asshole and doesn't want to spread his assholery to his kid and wants to just teach him to be a better person, better than he was, better than he is. That's what every father wants. Every father wants their child to be better than him. And that's what this entire journey throughout this fucking 20-some-odd-hour adventure is, is learning to master your own rage, your own insecurities, your own demons for the betterment of your child, which any fucking parent can relate to. Any parent. So, when you take that, and then you take into account like the fucking history of the series and how they somehow managed to reboot the series without rebooting it, which is just totally fucking odd. You know, uh, strange and miraculous achievement, to say the least. And then, they, the way they tell the story is so like parsed out everything is so perfectly paced right kratos himself is silent so a lot of the environmental storytelling is reactionary through atreus which is genius you know and then of course when you get mimir's head it's fucking brilliant you're going around on this fucking boat that otherwise would probably be like my complaints of red dead redemption 2 this just long, slow, cumbersome fucking way of traveling. You know, because again, we're talking about fucking Norse times. We're not even using a fucking horse. We're on a boat. We're on a slow ass rowboat. It can't get much slower than that besides fucking swimming. So in Red Dead, you take something that was cumbersome, slow. It got really fucking old where you're pretty much just setting the fucking camera to cinematic mode so you don't want to have to fucking sit through it. And God of War takes this and knows that if they just put you in that boat, you're probably going to get bored. Then they introduce the entire mechanic of Mimir. And then you don't want to leave the boat. I guarantee you there are times that you probably waited for Mimir to stop talking, then got out of the boat. Yep. Right? Because he's a great voice actor. Whoever's voicing him, the, the stories are great. It helps you learn more about the world in a natural way without impeding on you, right? And I've said this before, where I complain about DMC5, the thing that annoys me is every time a new enemy is introduced, and it's a small complaint because it doesn't take a lot of time, it has to freeze the frame, draw the attention to you, draw the attention to the enemy with the camera, freeze the frame, and have like this fucking big uh, uh, splash screen with the name of the fucking enemy type and all this other bullshit. All right, so in God of War, you'll come across a new enemy. You've never seen this fucking enemy And much like the Souls series, you just have to learn its patterns. Right now, again, it's not nearly as hard as that game. But the concept is the same. You're like, well, what the fuck is this guy? I don't know what this guy does. Like those Traveler guys. Remember with the big swords? You have to learn their patterns, and the enemies are different, et cetera, et cetera. You kill them, then it says bestiary updated. And then it's like, if you don't give a shit about the lore of that character, just keep on trucking, keep keep fucking being kratos and if you do want to learn learn more about the world okay cool it's optional i'm gonna go to the bestiary and read about that guy oh cool that's interesting and you learn more about the lore of that one particular subtype of enemy awesome right so i mean 
there's this genius to how the world interacts with you or how you interact with the world. It's subtle, it's minimal, and it makes the most of all of its time. When you're on that fucking boat, I never felt annoyed. I never felt impatient or or desperate to get away from it, to, to just get on with the fucking story. I always enjoyed the reflection and the introspection that the boat allowed for. And the that's where much of the character development really takes place. And I love, 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 love the structure of the design where it's not, it's not linear like the old games, but it's also not open world. It's like this Metroidvania approach where, you know, the way I played the game, as I've told these before, is I went around, once you get out in the Lake of the Nine, I went out in a big fucking circle and tried to explore and, and do every little thing in every little island and every little area. But of course, I was locked off because I hadn't gotten an item that led me to the, that, that would have allowed me access to that place yet. So I never felt like I was so linear that I was just fucking barreling down a hallway, obviously. But at the same time, I never felt like I was thrown into this big world and it's just this annoying, fucking haphazard, tedious shit we've seen a million times before with Far Cry and Assassin's Creed. Where it's like, go to this outpost, do this thing. It's not that simple. You can't do that. You know, where that's just lazy design that has no structure. Instead, it's like so meticulously structured. Yeah. Like, you, you're supposed to be here for a reason. And yeah. every fucking thing has its purpose. And then as you progress through the game, you get more abilities. You come back, And then the lake sinks lower. You come back later. You can access more of it. So it's this Metroidvania approach, right? And you know, it, <clears throat> Yeah, go ahead. No, you finish up. Finish up. Mm. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just, just going to say, uh, and that kind of like comes back to what we, we started on with Resident Evil 2, man. Like that, that design of making a world, be it big or small, that you as a player are meant to get familiar with. Something that you're going to be revisiting constantly because you're going to be, every time you go through the, the same area, you're going to be better. You're going to have yeah. new items. You're going to be wise. You're going to know what to do. It makes it meaningful, right? Yeah. And and see, that's my problem with a lot of open world games. Like, I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you one fucking area from the next. I don't know, you know, but besides shit like Breath of the Wild. I mean, for the most part, it's just and of course I have to give Red Dead credit as well. I mean, I, I definitely the areas are definitely distinguishable and they matter and they're meaningful for sure. Like there's a lot in that game and they do a great job. Probably one of the best examples I've ever seen in a game of making the terrain naturally adjust based on where you're at. You know, the mountains, the, the bayous, it's it really is brilliantly done. It's beautiful. But in God of War, it's just so many pieces come together. The game respects your time. It doesn't waste your fucking time with tedium. You know, you're not on horseback trip. This fucking, I told you, it's a challenge. You know, We talked about this the last time. To get across the map in like 20 minutes or some dumb shit. It's fucking yep. stupid. You know? Look, in God of War, it cuts to the fucking point. It keeps, it keeps what's good and gets, and I said this the last time. It gets it asked that question, and Barlog himself said this in an interview. He he said, you know, it's game design is not about looking at the game as you're finishing it and say, what's it missing? Let's add this. What's it missing? Ooh, let's add that and that. And it's about it's deductive. It's saying like, okay, let's get the game to where it's great and it's ready, and then 
let's go back through it and, and say, do we need this? Do we need that? And just cut, 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 and cut everything that isn't needed. And that's exactly what God of War does. It takes everything, for the most part, that's not needed, and it says, okay, fuck it. It's useless. Let's move on. You know, there, there are 50,000 billion side missions. It's like, again, I'll even, I'll even shit on Breath of the Wild for the sake of this argument, which you know is a rarity. Like, there are completely trivial side missions in that game. Like, collect, I've said this before, collect 55 mushrooms, rush rooms on the side of a mountain that'll give you a, um, a diamond. That's like 500 rupees. I don't give a shit about 500. You know how easy it is to get 500 rupees? I don't care. Get the fuck out of here. I can mine that shit. It's stupid. And that's, and that's the one, one design choice all these open world games do that I just absolutely hate is... Yeah. Co- you know, collectibles. You know, collectibles, look- time sync bullshit. Yeah. It's clearly just meant to have you like scour every little fucking area. And, and it's tedium. It's tedium as fuck. Everything has to have uh, collectibles. Everything has to have gathering. And while Breath of the Wild does have that, for the most part, you really don't need it. You know? So, and I don't want to get back on that game, but, for, you know, that's what God of War does. It gets just rid of the fat. It's, it's like fucking eating... It's like eating for, for your health, right? You're trying to eat lean and trim and healthy. It's just like, okay, there's, you can eat this and it's good, but it has a shitload of fat around the edges and you just got to fucking eat it. You can't spit it out. Or, nah, here's a lean filet. All the bullshit's cut off. We're right to the point. And that's what God of War does. It, it maintains this fucking beautiful, minimalist, touching story about a little boy wanting the validation of his father, which... I've said this so many times before is pretty much what every little boy wants growing up is for his father to respect him and to treat him as a man, you know? So that's a story that I personally have not seen told in a game. Maybe it has been, I have not played that game, but that's fucking awesome. It's fantastic. And it's just so unique in today's fucking gaming climate. And on top of that, it took fucking combat. It took, a series that was known for arguably the best combat in the entire genre and said, okay, fuck it, we're going to start from scratch. And then was labeled a fucking shitty Souls knockoff and then knocked it out of the fucking park. Totally killed it. Killed it. I haven't even touched on... Why, you know, it speaks for itself. Just look at the fucking game. Play it. Holy fuck. You know? It takes that third-person action Souls-esque experience and then like turns that motherfucker to 11 you got all these like crazy ass magics and this that and the other all these fucking talismans abilities it's it's brilliant the fucking no cut camera i mentioned that last time it's insane you know the game is just so fucking genius on every level it's there are a few games in this world where i felt like my time was truly respected whether it was short or whether it was long but there's it's a rare feat for a modern AAA game, for me to be like, wow, I regret not one second. Like, Spider-Man, as much as I love that game, there's so much busy work in that game. Yeah. But it, it's it's tolerable because it's just so goddamn fun to get around in, right? But in Red Dead, it's cumbersome. It's aggravating to get around, you know? But that's just my opinion. Hell, Libby loves it. She's fucking obsessed with that game. She absolutely is addicted to that shit. I'm well, telling you. I mean, you did say that she's more into simulations than you. She, yeah, she loves The Sims. She and it's more recent to her. Like she played God, uh, uh, not God, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, like last year. Then she beat Red Dead One, 
And now, too, you know, to me, I haven't played a Rockstar game since fucking GTA 5, man. That was six years ago, you know? So it, it's, it's hard for me to get back into that. It's slow. And they need to work on their mission design bad. It's just really, really, really cumbersome and, and just outdated. But uh, a lot of following and holding X, as, as I've said before. But, yeah, I mean, God of War is a fucking tremendous achievement. It's, as somebody who's a huge, huge fanboy of the series itself, like the initial series, and I love almost everything they've ever done, played the PSP games, you name it, done it all. And obviously, as a fan, there's a lot of trepidation in, in completely reinventing the fucking wheel. But, wow, I, I couldn't have asked for more. Couldn't have fucking asked for more. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, God, God of War. It uh, it really shocked a lot of people. It's like, especially, yeah, especially because I do think it uses the its past as a good way to like really drive home the drama of it. Oh, it's, so good. It's like yeah. because think about it, you know, like. Think last the Last of Us, you know, call back to the Last of Us right now. You know, we know like the main story is about his relationship with Ellie, and how it starts off kind of like very. I know what you're gonna hostile. say. Yeah. yeah, like how, like how less effective would the whole relationship with Ellie be if we did not have the opening prologue where? Oh yeah. Where Joel spends time with his a- actual biological wow, dude. One of the best fucking openings ever to a game. Ever. That game, if somebody told me that's the greatest game ever, I wouldn't argue much. I'd be like, you know what? It's fair enough. That's fair. You know. It really is. That game is a genuinely a fucking masterpiece. Really. Through and through. You know. We'll see with the sequel. I don't know. I have my reservations like everybody else. But um, have, I don't think it needs to exist. Bar. It's a fucking very high bar. But you never know, man, what people are capable of. It's it's insane. You just got to fucking keep on the up and up. Yeah, I mean, like, look at Tarantino. <laughs> exactly. Yep. He, okay. He surpassed, oh, fuck off. He surpassed Fall Fiction with Jambo. Okay, you, you know, let's just you fucking, just let's like, not, let's not. You just like to jump on the bandwagon. Of like the bandwagon? Yeah, everyone my friend, to... my friend, I was a fucking Tarantino fan. When you were fucking teething. And that's not even fucking possible. Based <laughs> on our similar ages. But I'm telling you I was. Alright. That's so how what? You're, so, so what, what? You're trying to tell me that you were you were alive. Like you were an adult already. Before, when Pulp Fiction came out. Died. Got reborn as Mitch Moxley. And just kept all the memories. Okay. This is what I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I was born two years before. <laughs> Okay, I saw the fucking movie when I was, when did it come out, 94? I saw the movie when I was five and decided right then it was a masterpiece. Five years old. (laughs) You were a fucking mere three-year-old. A mere three-year-old teething. And I was like, you know what? Fucking greatest film I've ever seen. And I'll never change my mind. No, it's just fucking, it's his best movie. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, come it's, on, Jenko's way better. No. It is. Oh, no, 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 no. It's close. It's close. But, I mean, there's just something. You know what? Fuck this. That's a podcast for another time. All right. I, I'm not going to waste, I'm not going to waste fucking breath on what is just so clearly 
an absurd claim <laughs> that's just fucking heresy. I don't friend. think it's absurd. I just think a... you're so stuck in your <laughs> always like stuck. you're stuck in like the old the whole no. you know you know it was the big movie that gave him his big break and now you're like you know I don't care that. about that. When the fuck am I somebody that that makes decisions based on popular opinion? When rarely, rarely, but I strongly because I don't care. I about believe you have no, I've, just, I've watched his movies like I've watched. I all just movies, think like, you have. Time. Bias in favor of Pulp uh, Fiction. Eh, uh, whatever. Just have it. That's a topic yeah. for another day. Man. All right. All right. You're just wrong. But, yeah, we're going to yeah. wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up, y'all. All right. Uh, st- stay tuned. Uh, next time on Dragon Ball Z, we'll, we'll, you know, will I defeat, you know, the evil Mitch with his belief that Pulp Fiction is better than Django? Spoilers. Spoiler alert. I will beat him. Fuck no. No. We're out of here. See y'all.